So in this kind of Advent series, as we've been invited to think about being present to Jesus, present with Christ, I think a lot of times, if you're like me, we follow the script that we're given. Present, encounter Christ in the Eucharist, in the sacraments, in churches, in prayers, in hymns. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. But if we go back to the very beginning, which these Advent Gospels invite us into, I think it's a great opportunity to challenge ourselves and say, would I recognize Christ's presence if it were there? And so for tonight, I just invite us to think about, if I had to choose between Jesus and John, whom would I choose? Because when John comes on the scene, there is something about him that is very attractive, obviously because we're told all of Judea and Jerusalem came out to see him. It's an extraordinary claim. And there's certainly something odd about him, the way he dresses and what he eats. There's all kinds of reasons to say, this is a guy I want to pay attention to, if only because there's something kind of odd about him. And we know, even now, 2,000 years later, that cult of celebrity, how easy it is to be drawn to someone who's different and yet in some way attractive. And what John is calling them to, repentance for their sins, he's baptizing them, not like we do in Christian baptism, obviously, but they had in the first century a kind of baptism of cleansing, and that is drawing them as well. I need to get something right with God. There's something in me that just isn't quite the way I want it to be. So in the midst of all that, Jesus comes along. And it's so easy for us who know the whole story. But if there was John, magnetic John, John that everyone was going out to see, they were lining up for, and then this guy comes along, and John says, no, no, that's the one you got to go after. I wonder how many people really took him up on the offer. And I get it, when he was baptized, the heavens, all that, but how many people were actually there at that moment? How would you actually differentiate the one you should follow? Because when things really get interesting is once Jesus starts opening his mouth and he goes out on his own ministry. And where John is all about, be watchful, be looking, say you're sorry, get cleansed from your sins, He's following that sort of script that most of us, I think, would want. If you say, give me some holy thoughts. And Jesus comes along and he says, there's something here in your midst that you're not aware of, but you should be. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says, repent for your sins. Okay, John's saying the same thing there. But the kingdom is at hand. And he goes into the synagogue. This spoiler alert, so if you're not sure how all this goes, plug your ears. But eventually he goes into the synagogue and he says, hey, what the prophets were talking about, that's me. But it doesn't look like it's him. It doesn't look like the world has changed. The Romans are still in charge. Israel is not in control of its fate. All kinds of reasons for thinking that I should probably listen to John because he's drawing my attention to something on the horizon rather than listen to Jesus who's saying, there's something right here in your midst. Now, we live after all the big events. We live after the resurrection. We live after Pentecost. 
We live in a world where we're blessed to have sacraments literally at our fingertips. But the message, I think, is the same. And so maybe just an opportunity to think, how do I recognize that presence when it's here? And it's not brain surgery. It's the kind of thing Jesus talked about when he was here in the flesh. Probably the number one thing, you'll know that I'm here by the way that I love you and if you love each other in the same way. That self-gift, that self-sacrificial love. We talk about that at the seminary all the time. If we want to love like Christ, what does it mean to make a gift of self? But you all are living it out in ways that are far more challenging than we encounter even. What does it mean, not just to do that ourselves, but to recognize it in another? And that's very different than simply saying, well, this is what Jesus wants me to do, so I should try to do it. It's really living out of that self-sacrificial identity. And so, maybe just a spiritual exercise in the second week of Advent. And to kind of go through your top five list in your family, in your relationships, in your job, your community, whatever it is that's most readily at hand for you. And just ask yourself, if I set aside some of the obvious ways, some of the obvious signposts in my Catholic Christian life where I go to find God, where is the presence where maybe I'm least likely to notice? Who is the person or what are the actions? And where is the invitation for me to live that way? It's so seductive to simply want to go after John. And John's not a bad guy. But the difference between John and Jesus is literally the difference between heaven and earth. John knows the difference. His challenge is to convince everybody else what the difference is. So where are those hidden opportunities? Those things to maybe point to, to share with someone else? And you'll know it by the same way Jesus said you would know him. You will know it in those opportunities to give of yourself and to let other people give of themselves. And sometimes it's very subtle, sometimes it is dramatic, but most of the time it's very subtle. John had to convince all of Jerusalem, thousands of people coming out to see him, that there was someone else they should be looking to. And then this guy comes along, no one's going out to see him, at least very few, and we know how that story unfolds. Where do you find the hidden Jesus in your life?